See, here's the thing. In, in the very beginning, there were two trees, and, and uh, God said this, if you eat from the tree of the good, bad, if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat you based on good or evil, what are you going to experience? Death. But you eat from the tree of life, what are you going to experience? Life. And so Jesus verifies that. It's kind of what Matt was saying. He goes, listen, I'm going to come. Uh, well, let, let me back up. So here, here's, and I, I'm going to try to share this with you so you understand it. And uh, I would just ask you to go back. Um, in fact, a lot of people always go, hey, what books are you reading? Whatever. They always ask me this kind of stuff. And so I get a little nervous about sharing because I think you have to sift through a lot of the things because it's easy to go back into legalism and start eating from the wrong tree, that you're not good enough, you didn't do enough, you didn't pray enough, you didn't fast enough, and you guys have all murdered my story. We were, we were kind of like Matt, like we're, we're zealous, we're going to do whatever you tell us to do, God, right? If we need to do that, and, and, but I, I got frustrated after a while, she knows, because people are like, well, how, 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 many time, how long did you pray in the Spirit today? And I'm like, geez, quick, lie, Mike, say something, because you didn't do any today. So these, 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 these people were asking me, well, how, you know, I, I, I pray for an hour every day in the spirit. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm just done with this. I'm just going to, I'm going to get this over. So he, now when this guy would ask me, how long did you pray in the spirit today? Five hours. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Never asked me anymore. <laughs> you know, that was easy. Now, see, you have to understand if we, eat from the, if we eat from a relationship of he's going to treat me based on whether I'm good or bad, does that sound like a good marriage? In fact, most of you guys, when you got married, it says for better, for worse, etc. And you probably read, they probably read 1 Corinthians 13. And what does 1 Corinthians 13 say? It says, listen, love is enduring. It's, it lasts forever. It's, now, none of us can do that, so I don't want to condemn you. But uh, Jesus is agape love. He's perfect love. So, but he says, listen, if you eat from this wrong tree, you're going to experience death. So sure enough, Adam and Eve eat from the wrong tree, right? Um, was God angry at them and did God separate himself from them? This is where we get mixed up in Western theology. No, God didn't treat them any differently. He came back into the garden and said to Adam, where are you? Right? And he said, we're over here, hiding in the bushes, and we're afraid. And what was God's response? Who told you that? Who told you that? Did the enemy get you to believe I'm gonna, your, your relationship with me is based on whether you're good or bad? That's a lie. He goes, I don't want man to live like this forever, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restore a place for them. You're going to meet with me. He says, so he goes, I'm going to get you back to life. So on the east end of the garden, you guys have all heard me say this. It's just pictures of Jesus. He said, uh, in fact, I was doing this with some, some friends in my office today. And, and uh, I, you know, the first time you, you hear the true gospel, it makes your head go, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's, but your heart leaps for joy because you're going, oh, that's it. I, I can touch that. It's Jesus himself. So God says, listen, I don't want a man to be this way. You've been deceived. The enemy's only had the power of darkness, meaning you can't see light, right? We give him all kinds of power. We think he can, we think we, he can run tornadoes through a place. We think he can send floods because of the gay community. It's just stupid stuff, guys, that people believe. Like, are you kidding me? That's not God. That's just your warped sense of who you think God is. Is he, he loves mankind. He goes, I'm, the lo- I, I'm agape love, I'm light, and I'm a consuming fire. That's who he identifies himself. There's no turning. There's no evil in me. And so uh, anyway, so he goes, I'm going to get you back to the tree of life. I'm going to put two, two uh, cherubims on the east end of the garden with a flaming sword. What's that a picture of? 
The mercy seat. When the Jews, when the high priest would go in, what did they do? The cherubim were on the mercy seat. There was Shekinah glory above it. That's where God met with them, etc. And then when Jesus, when Jesus, when the stone is rolled away, when the old covenant, when the, the, the law that the ministry written and engraved on stones produces what is what it says in Corinthians. Death. The, the original warnings were life, death, life, death. And if you go through scripture, it's always life, death, life, death, life, death. Isn't it? Even at the very end, it says death dies. And now the gates of heaven are open for continuing, and the Spirit and the bride say, come on in whenever you want to eat from the tree of life, right? So Jesus, Mary and the disciples, they run in, the stones rolled away, and what do they see? When they, see, when they run into the tomb, what do they see? They see the, the burial cloth, but what else do they see? Two angels seated on each end of the mercy seat with Jesus' blood shed on the stones. They saw the true mercy seat, Right? And then, you know, see this whole thing is, hey, the first man uh, uh, died in the garden, so Jesus resurrects where? In the garden, right? So the gar- Mary comes and sees Jesus. She thinks he's the gardener. He came as the gardener. Isn't that cool? I, I just, I think that's cool. I just think, wow, he, he dressed up. We probably had his name on, like Orkin guy or something, you know, like, <laughs> I'm the gardener. Max, the gardener, whatever, you know, just something like that. <laughs> I just think it's funny. It's uh Right, Jesus, you know, like, I'm the man. Yeah, Jesus, I'm the man. Oh, the gardener's here. And then when he says, Mary, oh, whoa, her eyes were open. See, darkness went away, and she could see light now. And what did she do? She sprinted to the other disciples and goes, Jesus is alive. He's conquered death. Amen? So it's all about life and death. And death doesn't mean just dying. In fact, that's part of, the, that's part of our whole situation, guys. Is he goes, listen, unless this earthly body dies it's sown in corruption, but guess what? It's going to rise in incorruption. He goes, a seed, when it dies, it looks like everything's gone and it's dead and it gets moldy, etc. but your glorified body rises out. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. So anyway, my whole point is you got you to gotta be careful of who you're listening to. Are you going to be listening from religion, the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Hey, I'm going to base, my relationship would not work very well if I said, sweetie, here's the deal. You got to babble in tongues for this long. You got to read this book this much. You got to separate yourself from me into your closet. And then if you do all that, we'll have a good marriage. How will think that that is a weird marriage. See, God came to restore. Jesus says this, and we can go through these scriptures. Let's go this first thing. He came about life. He came about relationships. You know, here's what's amazing to me is Jesus comes and now he's talking to the high priest. He's talking to all these Jewish people that know their Bible. Do they know their Bible like Matt knew his Bible? They know their Bible, right? In fact, what I've found is people that typically know every verse in the Bible don't know a thing about Jesus Christ. They search for it diligently because they're hard workers like Matt was. I'm going to do this right, Lord. And Jesus tells the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he said, you search that stupid thing day and night. You're praying in tongues. He goes, but you cannot find, what does he say? You cannot find what? Life. He goes, because you don't know those scriptures testify about me. You need to see me. I am the true word of God that became flesh. You guys have all heard me. Where The Bible does not contain the word of God. The word of God was Jesus Christ. The Bible has stories about Jesus, but the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees who knew the Bible by heart said this woman was caught in the act of adultery. So the Bible says we should do what to her? Kill her, right? But Jesus, the true word of God that was made flesh, what do you say? Now, did the Bible say that they should kill her based on the law? Yes. Was that God's will? 
Never. And then you know the whole story. He writes on the stones twice, and that's a picture of him writing on the, the, the tablets once. Comes down, they're broken. He writes on the stone tablets again the second time, and he goes, don't show these to the people. Put them into Jesus Christ. Put them into the mercy seat. Because the second times the stones were written on, it's in Jesus Christ as if we've never broken one commandment. That's why when all the old left, and he's there with the woman caught in the act of adultery, he says this, and see, Jesus never changes. This is, what he did. this is what you guys don't get. Everybody knows this scripture. Now go and sin no more. Don't they? Yeah, let's read the scriptures before it. Because if Jesus said, go and sin no more, and he expected you to never sin, how well are you all doing? See, now we get down to the nitty-gritty, right? That kind of legalism will kill you, and that's what's coming out of 98% of the churches in the United States. Which is why people are leaving in droves. They can't stand it. I couldn't. Even when, when people are like, hey, guy, Mike, you should go do this with Setcher. My wife's crying. She goes, I don't want to be a pastor's wife. I said, sweetie, I promise I don't want to be a pastor more than you don't want to be a pastor's wife because that just looks like hell to me. It, it really does. Start judging people and telling them they're going to go to hell because they didn't do this. Through. I can't even do that That's not because I, I don't even believe that. I'm a, I'm a father. I love my kids. I would never torture my kids forever. And I would just ask you to do this. You want some cool things. Just go Google. Just do something like this. Go, when did the doctrine of eternal torture get into the church? It'll shock you guys. See, you, people are thinking, he's preaching heresy. I go, the first three, 400 years, all of the fathers, the Cappadocian fathers, everybody, Athanasius, Irenaeus, all of the people that were close said, all are in Christ. They just don't know it. Augustine, this Greek mythology comes in and said, and this is, this is why some of you guys have seen uh, Dr. Bruce Walkope and Baxter Kruger do this. I, I'll do it with the chairs here in a minute. See, that they believe this Greek mythology that somehow we're separate from Christ. And we got to work our little fanny off to get back into Christ. And that's where Matt was. That's why I was. I, I can't do this anymore. So eventually you just go, I'm done. We didn't experience life. I'm giving. I'm tithing. I'm praying. I'm fasting. Doing all this stuff. And my life just, it's not, I hate it. You guys ever been there? But then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute. Jesus forgave you and he's going to bless you for the rest of your life. Oh man, that sounds like dad now. That sounds like my dad, right? Abba Father. Does, does that make sense to you guys? And so the eternal torture didn't even come in until about 800, 900 AD. It was always corrective. It was always restorative. God's consuming fire is going to burn up the chaff. And all that's going to be left is silver and gold. He's going to love you. So when I was sharing with these guys today, I go, as soon as you get that, all the scriptures line up and we don't need to come up with weird theology. All the Bible actually fits. We don't have to do stuff like, uh, um, you know, if, if an infant dies in, in, after a couple days, well, they're, they're good. Because they haven't hit the age of accountability yet. Because you know what? Our hearts won't let a loving father send that innocent little baby to hell. So we come up with this theology. Well, until the age of, you guys are all taught this, right? Until the age of what? What do they call it? Accountability. Well, when was it? The millisecond before? What happens if the millisecond I became age of accountability, I get hit by a bus? What a bad God in theology, isn't it? And it all comes from this weirdness that God's, you were separated from God and we got to somehow get back into him. Anyway, just, it's a fascinating thing to go watch. So here's, here's Jesus. Jesus never changes, right? So John three sixteen. why does Jesus come? For God so loved the creation, the cosmos, that he gave his only begotten son. He loved, that's why he gave. He came down. We sang about it today. He, we could sing of his love forever. Love came down, right? So so whoever believes in him should not, should not be lost. How many of you guys think perish just means like uh, rotting? Or most of you guys, if you grew up in the West, you think you're going to get tortured forever. 
but it actually means lost. Those who believe in him will no longer be lost. They're no longer going to be orphan sons. The good shepherd's going to leave the 99 and come find every lost human. That's what it means. So in him should not be lost, but have uh, age-long life. Every, Ionian life is what it says. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn or judge the world, but that the world through him might be what? Healed, so it saved, so zoed. So he never came to judge, did he? Does he change? No, he's the same yesterday and today and forever. John 10, 10. I have come that they may have what? Life. And that they have it more abundantly. Romans 8, 13. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That, if, you, if you grew up charismatic, you think, oh, um, that just means I didn't do any sex sins because I'm praying in the Spirit over here and, and then this. Isn't that kind of what you got? And then again, I would ask if that's really what being... See, the, the Spirit... The, 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 stone, the, the law, the old covenant written and engraved on stones is the ministry of death. But spirit, the ministry of the spirit is what? Life. It's always life and death. So it says, those who are led by the spirit, what's the spirit? I can't do anything in my own power, is what it says. But if I believe that he did it for me and now I'm included in Christ, guess what? That starts to heal me. I'm being led by that, not by the good bad tree, whether I, whether I did wrong or right today, that's how good I'm going to be, because somebody will always be a little bit better than you, won't they? So it, and if we just take that logically, a lot of you guys do it, well, what about Hitler? Yeah, what about him? Who is the modern day, who is the modern day ISIS in Jesus' time? Saul. Killing Christians because they believed they were doing it for God. So Saul's killing Christians, right? And what did Jesus do to him? He took the scales off his eyes so he could see light. And then what, well, then what happened to Saul converted into Paul? Then what happened? Two-thirds of the New Testament became the greatest evangelist to the Gentiles ever seen. Where sin abounds, grace hyperabounds, guys. And it's always light or darkness is about what you believe. So the fallen, the fallen man is, I believe that God's going to treat me based on good or bad, or he's going to treat me based on Jesus Christ because I'm in him and a joint heir. He loves me versus I'm going to have a relationship on rules. Isn't that weird? That would be weird, wouldn't it? So anyway, so for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out what? Abba, Daddy, Father, right? So Jesus comes and he says, listen, hey, Caiaphas, the high priest, um, you want to restore, roil up some things. You tell these guys that, uh, hey, these things aren't as they seem. Hey, Caiaphas, the high priest, you're following all the rules. You know who your father is? What does he tell him? The devil. <laughs> Whoa. Right? Because what, what, what was the devil? What did he introduce? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to base you based on whether you're good or bad. So I'm going to give you some rules to follow. And if you follow the rules, you're in the club. If you don't follow the rules, you're out of the club. And Jesus goes, why are you putting those rules on the people you rotten to the core people that are whitewashed stones. You look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're dying. Didn't he say that? Jesus never changes. He's always going to be, he's always going to be upset at people. He goes, listen, my yoke is easy. You yourself can't follow the things that you're telling these people to do. My yoke is easy. Enter into me, right? So if you did not receive the spirit of, again, of fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Dad. He introduced him to a relationship. So the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're what? Children. Okay, next slide. John 17, 3. And this is eternal life. How many of you guys want eternal life? 
How many of you guys were taught this, that the minute you die, you give up your last breath? Oh, man, did they say the words? Because if you didn't say the words, then what? You're going, either you're going to the rotisserie, right? Some of you guys should just go do it. Go at 7-Eleven at 2 a.m. and go look at that hot dog. <laughs> but if you had the munchies, you still ate it, which is amazing. So and we would put the cheese and everything on it. Put that chili cheese, everything on it. So I got the munchies. Go, just eat it. Anyway, tasted beautiful. Anyway, you're either going to go to the rotisserie, but if you're a good boy and girl, then you're going to go over here, right? And that's it. we talked about that a couple weeks ago. No way. As a father, there's no way we would do that. So he clarifies, here's what Ionian life is. Here's what eternal life is. And this is eternal life, that they may know you. And only the true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So eternal life is knowing who the real relationship about the Father and Jesus is, that he's unconditional love, he's perfect love. He let humanity kill the lover of humanity on the cross. And what was his response? We talked about it. Father, forgive them. I don't hold these sins against them because they don't know what they do. They're coming from a fallen mindset that Adam, they can't see who I truly am. They don't realize that I never was upset about them. My whole mission now is to give them eternal life. I'm going to preserve a way back to life. And the only way I can do that is to die their death for them and rise again for their justification. I can rebirth humanity. That's what he was telling Nicodemus. You know, Nick at night's going there going, hey, I know all the rules. Right? And what does Jesus tell him? Nick, you can't get there by following the rules. And Paul affirms that in the New Testament. He says, listen, Christ was the end of the law for righteousness. Right? That old program's over. So what does he tell Nicodemus? You must be born again. Didn't he? And what was Nicodemus' response? How do I do that? Now let me, let me just ask you something. Have you seen anything, anybody, any plant, anything give birth to themselves? Well, it's taught every Sunday. That's why I just go, well, do it again. Show me. I've never seen anybody birth themselves. Do it again. Well, what do you mean? I go, well, you said you're born again. You did it. Weird, isn't it? And that's why he goes, listen, listen, Nick, you don't get this. With man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. He goes, I'm going to do the craziest thing that you've never experienced. I'm going to co-die death for you, but guess what? All men are included in me, so I'm going to rise. Now, the gospel is not that you can accept Christ into your heart. The gospel is the gospel of reconciliation, if you read it in Romans. The, what does gospel mean? Good news of what? What's reconciliation? Forgive. Sins are gone. You've been equaled back to me. The count's been reconciled, Right? So, has all the sin of the world been gone in Jesus Christ? So then what in the world are you going to judge him for? Weird, isn't it? So, I'm just trying to get you that Jesus is all about life. He's come to, he goes, you're all in. I'm, now, the, does the world know that? No, that's the gospel of reconciliation. He goes, you're my ambassadors. So, I want you to tell the world that you've, you're in Christ. You're in him. He's forgiven you. He loves you. He's going to bless you for the rest of your life because that's all he does. In the new covenant, the first time, the first time they met Melchizedek, there was no if then. If you do this, then that. All Melchizedek did was bless, if you go look at it. And that's Jesus is after that priesthood. The Aaronic priesthood said, if you do these things good, then he'll bless you. If you do these things bad, then what's going to happen? Curses, right? So we got whole ministries trying to get the curses off you. They're gone. They're gone. So anyway, so 
This is eternal life, that you may know true love, that you may know I truly, I am the true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of what? Judgment, because when we, at the day of judgment, who are we going to meet? Which, which, at the throne, what is the, is the throne of? Yes, it's, 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 it's the throne of grace. Jesus is there. He's the, he's the way back to eternal life is what it says. Listen, Adam and Eve, I, I, I'm not going to let you live forever in this. I'm going to preserve a way to the tree of life. Here's what it's going to look like. There's going to be two cherubim and there's going to be a flaming fire. And who is that a picture of? Jesus Christ. So guess what? The judgment seat of Christ, who are we going to meet? Jesus Christ. And he comes to the woman caught in the act of adultery. These guys, hey, the Bible says we should kill her. But what do you say, Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ says, I didn't come to accuse you. Ha-Satan, Satan came to accuse you, and he's a liar. So he, he told the woman caught in the act of adultery, I'll never accuse you. Does he ever change? Then he says, now go and sin no more. And I would, I would challenge you to go look up that word sin, hamartia, which it says, and hamartia literally means not your actions. See, the wrong belief causes the actions. So the church is busy trying to clean you up, right? Michael, stop doing that. You got a lot of stuff you shouldn't keep doing. I do too, right? So hamartia means to have a distorted view of who I really am. Don't ever believe that I'm going to accuse you ever again, woman caught in the act of adultery, because I didn't come to accuse you, I came to save you. (sighs) Now I can finally rest and go, yeah, I'm going to mess up every now and then, but guess what? He loves me perfectly, because that's who Jesus is. I didn't come to accuse you. Didn't we just read that? I didn't come to judge anybody. I came to save you. So the judgment seat of Christ, who are we going to meet? unconditional love, his consuming fire, the perfect sacrifice. You think he's, he's got the keys of sin and death? You think he's going to lock you back up? He went down to, and preached in Sheol and took the keys and says the gates of hell are going to be open now and nobody has to be there? You think you're going to get locked up? No, worse than that. You're going to be separated from me forever and on the rotisserie. Good luck. I loved you perfectly until your last breath. Now I turn to a judgmental jerk. I just don't believe it. I believe it's unconditional love from start to finish. I am the alpha and the omega. All started in me, all birthed in me, all are going to end in me. I just believe that with all my life. Now, is it going to be pleasant? No. That's what he's saying. He goes, listen, if you have a wrong view of my life, how many guys experienced it? It feels like hell on earth, doesn't it? It feels like hell. And if you looked at it, he says, listen, I'm going to let you have this distorted view because in the end, you're all going to come back to me because you realize how bad that is to live your life based on a good, bad tree versus I'm unconditional love and experience me. To know, to eternal life is to know the true God in Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? All right. So there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made complete in love. We love him because he first loved us. So here's the whole point I want to get to. Um, If you want a good book, go go get this book, How Life Works by Andrew Murphy. No, Andrew Matthews. So remember that book, Being Happy, way back when? He wrote a new one a couple years ago called How Life Works. And it's really, uh, it's really a, an easy, condensed version of the love code and the healing code. It's really good. So all he's saying is really what all, all Scripture is talking about. Listen, if you, if you have the wrong people speaking into your life, if you have religion speaking into your life, guess what's going to happen? It's going it's to not be fun. It's typically you're going to struggle in your finances. You're typically going to have health, health issues like Matt was talking about. You're typically going to be angry, judgmental, etc. Um, you know, and to me, I'm like, you know what? Uh, Hey, as soon as, as soon as all the legalists are done with, with uh, the prostitutes, the homosexuals, the, uh, that, that really describes all of us. I really feel this. We talk about this all the time. I go, bring them to me. 
And let me just preach the true gospel to them, that he loves them perfectly. Amen? So I said, if I, if I have you here and they here, well, God hates sin. Yeah, he does. He hates hamartia. He hates you believing the wrong thing about who he is because you can't experience life if you think he's a judgmental jerk. But you realize he loves you perfectly and he died for you and he'll always favor you, bless you, heal you, prosper you. That's who he is. Takes a little while to get that out of your heart though, doesn't it? So anyway, um, see life, rivers of living water, rivers of what kind of water? Living water are gonna flow out of your belly. Oh, that's praying in the spirit. I see lots of guys praying in the spirit that have death flowing out of them. I just do. I'm just honest. You know, I'm like, man, you've been praying in the spirit for 800 years and I've never seen anything change. No, because I have rivers of living water flowing out of me. No, he's talking about out of the abundance of the heart, there's life, right? So you can pray in the spirit and have the wrong view of God your whole life and nothing will ever change. I've seen it. Have you guys seen it? If we could just be honest, right? Now, I have lots of people. Now, I'm not dismissing any of that. I'm just saying you're not experiencing life. You're trying to get the gift versus the gift giver. Does that make sense? And so I go, the gifts are wonderful, they're beautiful, we operate them, it's, it's, but it's not the main message. The, the, the rivers of living water are Jesus Christ himself. You're going to know eternal life. It's, it's life comes from knowing the Father and Jesus. So I see a lot of people, I'm just going, just, you're, 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 <coughs> you're getting me tired. Chill. And let's just know who he is, that everything's going to be okay. He loves us perfectly. Now it's enjoyable. You can actually pray in tongues and enjoy it, actually. So life flows abundantly when you have a loving relationship, when you have a relationship based on love. That's what Jesus came to do. He said, all you guys are following the rules. He goes, nobody knows the Father. And eternal life is knowing the Father. So he said, you know what? Nobody knows the Father. Abraham didn't know the Father. Isaac didn't know the Father. Jacob didn't know the Father. Moses didn't know the Father. That'll spin a religious guy through the roof, Right? So he's telling the Jews, none of you knew me because you all had a distorted view because you're all descendants of Adam where you had a fallen view of who I was. You thought I was an angry God. He goes, that's not who I am. So I came to show you who I am and the only people I got upset with were people telling other people you need to eat from the, you got to follow the rules in order to experience life. The religious leaders of the day said, you need to follow these rules. And he goes, you guys, your father's the devil because the devil told Adam and Eve that you need to eat from this tree to experience life, and it was a lie. Was it true? It was a lie, wasn't it? He goes, you're telling people the same way. They think you can experience life by following these rules. You cannot. You can only experience life by me. Is this making sense to you guys? So it's important to know what you believe. So guess what? One produces trust. He goes, you know what? If you're still eating from the wrong tree, hey, you're going to go to hell if you don't follow these rules, etc. Does it produce peace and joy and righteousness, which is the kingdom? And he's the king of that. What does it produce? Torment and fear right? So if I go, sweetie, listen, if you, don't, if you don't read this book enough and you do these things and you don't pray in tongues enough and you don't get in your closet enough every day, I'm going to leave you. In fact, not, that's not good enough. I'm going to be an arsonist and put you in fire for the rest of your life. That's how much I love you. Weird relationship, isn't it? <laughs> it does suck. It sucks bad, actually. No wonder people are like, I can't experience life from that, right? So, but guess what? If I go, sweetie, there's nothing you can do. I love you perfectly. You're awesome. And she is, right? Do we have our moment? Yeah, of course. But it's just, it's just, we love because he first loves us. We realize he loves us so I can love her. Not based on rules. Does that make sense to you guys? So, 
hey, when you realize that he loves me perfectly despite me and I can rest, I don't have to do stuff, I can, I can just let life happen to me, kind of what Matt was saying, that produces trust. I can, produce, I can believe in the, the, the trustful one and supernatural life. The other produces fear, death, and frustration. Does that make sense to you guys? So I, wanna, I just want to share the end of this. Uh, um, oh, here's the power of belief. Can I share two more things? You guys okay? I know I'm going a little long. Uh, this, this came out of the... Um, this came out of the uh, how life works. We were just talking about this. Now, this is why I wanted to go into medical school initially. Um, this was Baylor College of Medicine, and it was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, so it's got to be true, right? <laughs> no, most people don't, most don't, well, hey, Baylor School of Medicine and the, the, the New England Journal of Medicine, most of us honestly believe, don't we? Yeah, so here's what it says. Um, this is the power of, of eating from the right tree versus the wrong tree. So I'll summarize this. So patients with osteoarthritis in the knee, you got knee trouble, okay? Underwent placebo arthritis. So there were 180 patients. Three different, three different operations happened. One, they did some procedures. One, they did the full-on, get rid of the cartilage, knee, etc. And one, they cut fake incisions in their knee and sewed them up and didn't do anything. Okay? So three different things. So patients with osteoarthritis of the knee who underwent placebo arthroscopic surgery were just likely to report pain and relief as those who received the real procedure, according to the Department of Veteran Affairs and Baylor College of Medicine, published July 11 in the New England Journal of Medicine. So here's what's interesting. During the two years, so they didn't let these people know for two years that they didn't actually have surgery, right? During the two years of follow-up, patients in all three groups reported moderate improvements in pain and ability to function. However, neither of the intervention groups reported less pain or better, meaning the guys that actually had real surgery didn't any, weren't any better. Indeed, the placebo patients reported better outcomes than the actual patients at certain points during follow-up. Throughout the two years, the patients were unaware whether they had to receive the real or the placebo surgery. This study has important policy applications. We have shown that the entire driving force behind this billion-dollar industry is the placebo effect. I would say it this way. It matters what you believe. Then interesting? The healthcare industry should think how to test whether surgical procedures done purely for the relief of subjective symptoms are more efficacious than a placebo. I would just say this simply. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it is how you're going to experience life. Isn't that interesting? So they thought they got real surgery. They didn't know if they had real surgery or not, and they had the same results as the guy who has real surgery. <laughs> New England Journal of Medicine. Isn't that interesting? So here's how life works. Basically, it, I'll end with this. It, he says this. Um, hold on. I've got to find it. Kindle, where are you? Okay, so here's the very end. Here's the very end. This is the question of life. Why are we here? Right? What in the world? Isn't that all true? Hey, we're here to be participate in life. God birthed us so we can have, be his kids. He doesn't want you to have a relationship based on rules, guys. So here it says, what am, what am I? You are a spark of God or a source. Your essence is love. The rest is illusion or wrong thinking. This is what we've all taught about this. Like, hey, what you believe actually produces. E equals MC squared. Energy, right? You guys all believe this intuitively. Is If you're all parents at... Uh, your kids aren't home, they're supposed to be home, and the phone rings at 2 a.m., what happens to you? Oh. Then they go, hey, Dad, sorry, I had a, I, I had a flat tire, I'm only five minutes away. What, then what, what happens immediately? <sighs> Matters what you believe. Does that make sense? So, in a big way, guys. So, 
This is our goal, to think like God thinks, to love like God loves, to create like God creates. Now, some of you guys are going to get offended because he actually comes at this from a, actually something that works versus religion. So you guys that are religious won't like this at all because you're going to want to put yourself above the prostitute and go, ah, gnash your teeth. Um, but that's not how life is. Life is unconditional love. And we, we can prove that over and over and over. It says, you are a spirit having a physical experience. Whatever shows up in your life, joy, abundance, ulcers, the FBI, I don't know why you put that in there, but is, a, is precise feedback on what your thoughts and feelings have created. So my, answer, my question to you guys is, where are you? Just like Jesus, just like the Father said to Adam and Eve, where are you? What are you believing? Who are you allowing to speak into your life? You're allowing to speak in negative, the law, I'm bad, or are you allowing Jesus to go, no, you're in me, you're complete in me, nothing lacking. You're righteous, you're peaceful, you're worthy to be blessed, all these things, that's who you are. So you move from the I could be, I'm gonna climb the religious tree to you're in the great I am, guys, I am. I am wealthy, I am righteous, I am healed, I am blessed, I'm sinless, I'm whole, I'm complete in Christ. You're in the great I am, guys. Does that make sense to you guys? So at, at, at some stage, the penny will drop that you're entirely responsible for your own reality. Until you get it, life can be hell on earth. That's what we were talking about. After you get it, life becomes a gift in which your dreams move toward which you're with you increasing speed. Everything becomes more and more fun. The major rules of the games are this. Number one, accept yourself and others in your current situation. It's okay. It's not my fault. I believe the wrong thing. Forgive yourself and others. Be grateful. Live in the moment. Feel your goals are already accomplished. Replace fear with love, kindness, and happiness. Doesn't that sound like the kingdom of God's righteousness, peace, and joy? Right? Living with these guidelines, you raise the energy and steadily become more and more powerful. You achieve more and more with less and less effort. Isn't that what God, isn't that scripture what it kind of talks about? Hey, labor to enter into my rest. What he's really trying to say, guys, if you want your external situation to change, labor to believe you already are. Believe that you're already complete in me, perfectly loved, because I finished it for you. You don't have to fear sin and death because I've conquered it. And I came to give you life and life more abundantly. So living with this guidelines, you achieve more and more with less effort. You also realize that it's not actually you that are doing it. It's the power that comes through you. No one is holding you back. No one can. Love it. That's the gospel, guys. Amen? So you can get to your feet. Does that make sense to you guys? I'm not, see, and here's the thing. People think, oh, it's new agey, whatever. I go, no, it's Jesus Christ. He did it all, and I can't do it. And I, at some point, I have to believe he did it. Does that make sense? And the more I believe that, so I would just, think, I would like, kind of like Matt's doing, what, what, what we learn to do, and we're, guys, we screw up every day. I, I, hope, I hope you never see me, like Matt, as he was sitting there, I go, oh God, yeah, that's what I used to think pastors were like. Um, I hope you never see me as like preaching down to you or something. I, I even hate the word, preaching, preaching. You know, uh, I'm just trying to share what I know about Jesus. Does that make sense? And I know I am mildly stupid all the time, and I can do nothing without him, but with him I can do everything. Does that make sense? So in my weakness, his strength is complete, it's perfect, etc. So do we fail in that? Every day, guys. But do we try to remind ourselves of that? Every day, we try. So if I'm moaning, woaning, whatever, life's happening to me, how many of you guys have ever had life happen to you? Yeah. yeah. Every day for me. But guess what? And then, and then, try have all you guys in my life. Not only do I have to deal with my stuff, now I got to deal with your stuff. Lord, I need your help, right? <laughs> so you, you have to, because you're like, oh gosh. So you know what's easy to do? He loves you perfectly and it's going to be okay. Because that's who he is. You can get your hopes up. That's the thing. 
Love never fails, and hope is the confident expectation that's going to be okay. And the end of the gospel is this. Hey, change your way of thinking. I'm not going to deal with you based on you. Because I think that's where most people are. Man, I must be sinning. That's why this is happening. Everybody ever experienced that? I, I have. Karma, like, oh, this is coming back to me. You know, the law of sowing and reaping. Yeah, Jesus was sown in corruption and took on our, our corruption and flesh and rose glorified. That's my future, man. And I can start experiencing life on earth if I start believing the right thing. Does that, does that make sense? Are there going to be setbacks? Yes, all the time, but I can always have hope that it's going to be better because if he died when I was still ungodly, what does scripture say? How much more? How much more? So if that's the truth, if you were still dead in your sins, he loved you so much he died for you, how much more is he going to take care of you? He's going to heal you. He's going to prosper you. He's going to fix relationships. He's going to do all these things. And I don't have to do it. The more I believe I'm already there because he loves me that much, the more I can lean on him, count on him, etc. Cast all care into him because he's your caretaker. Does that make sense to you guys? Does that help anybody? All right, so if you need prayer after this, come on up. But Father, we love you, we praise you, we just thank you that hopefully this makes sense to people, that you've never changed. The same question that you asked Adam and Eve, who told you that? I didn't tell you that. I didn't give you a spirit of fear that you have to fear me. I gave you a spirit of daddy. I love you perfectly. You can come sit on my lap and it's all going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you. That's my spirit. So Father, just let that spirit get deep into them. Let your love, your compassion, your forgiveness, your restoration, your redemption, all the things that you are, your salvation, let that get deep into our heart that that's the true you. You came to do that to us. You came to heal us, never to judge us. And we just say thank you for that. That we can always expect the best because if you died for us when we were ungodly, how much more? So Father, just pray the much more in all these people's lives that you'll heal them, you'll restore relationships, you'll restore finances, you'll do anything. And sometimes it gets really dark before the light comes, but you always come through. You never let us go through anything we can't handle is what you say. So we just thank you for that. We just thank you for supernatural things that started to get birth out of their heart when they truly believe that you came to give them life and life more abundantly, no death, nothing that that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that's not why you came. You came to destroy all that and leave nothing but the blessings. So we just say thank you. In Jesus' magnificent name, amen, amen, amen.